Hello, Nephew community, and welcome to the Hot Topics in Nephrology podcast. I'm Jeff Lockwood with the Nephew Medical Team, and I'm here with Mark Newman, editor and writer specializing in nephrology. Mark keeps us up to date on the latest hot topics in nephrology. It is March, so happy kidney month, everybody. Uh, now, Mark, I have two questions for you right off the bat. First, how are you today? And second, any big plans for kidney month? <laughs> uh, first of all, I'm fine. Thanks very much. Second of all, uh, certainly uh, Kidney Month, uh, as you mentioned, is uh, a national uh, event. There's a number of organizations that are talking about it, and we're, we've uh, posted some stories here and there as well. Um, but there's a really big focus, uh, and this deviates from our topic a little bit, but I think one of the biggest focuses right now is getting more organs for transplantation. And uh, I think the important uh, push is to get more living related to I know the kidney community is trying to focus on. So with that in mind, uh, that's uh, that's certainly a good topic for our future podcast on how we're doing there. Yeah, it certainly is. And yeah, I think with the Nephew platform, we love talking about kidneys and kidney health. So everybody keep track of your kidney health and always sign up to be a donor if possible. Uh, so today, as we jump into the real meat and bones here, we're going to offer a summary of some of the talks that were presented at the annual dialysis conference, which was held earlier this month in Kansas City, Missouri. Again, it is March kidney month, and the ADC has always had a strong program on home dialysis, which remains a hot topic in kidney care. So, Mark, what keeps dialysis at home at the top of the list? Thanks, Jeff. You know, home dialysis has an interesting history. In 1972, when Congress approved Medicare coverage, for end-stage renal disease. Most of the limited dialysis care that was being performed was done so at home. The new entitlement changed that model as nephrologists and their business partners saw an opportunity to treat multiple patients under one roof. So home dialysis basically slipped from sight until peritoneal dialysis, which had come on board in the 1960s, was fine-tuned and used more frequently in the home environment. Today, there's a multi-level effort by the government, the providers, and manufacturers to bring home dialysis penetration up. We have manufacturers making new machines for PD and home hemo. The Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services has launched the ESRG Treatment Choices Model, also called ECC, which offers financial incentives to place more patients on home dialysis. And dialysis providers are slowly making gains. DeVita reported in the last earnings call that their home dialysis population was at 15%, which is a pretty strong number. Part of the Advancing American Kidney Health Initiative calls for 80% of patients to be on either home dialysis or have a functioning transplant by 2025. And we should keep in mind that growth in home dialysis can be limited by program availability. In the ETC demonstration that we mentioned earlier, less than 50% of dialysis facilities have home dialysis programs. So the incentives only have a chance to work if in fact there are programs up and running to make them work. So it sounds like we are picking up little by little, but it really remains a slow growth proposition. What did we learn at the ADC? Yeah, so there were several presentations covering the need for making home dialysis easier. 
The two home hemodialysis machines currently on the market have both been simplified and made user-friendly, but the process and the environmental re requirements are still significant. Environmental meaning the home setting. Uh, here is a quote from Brigitte Schiller, who just took on a new role at Bristini's to help with this issue. The why of dialysis care is to provide patients who depend on dialysis care a future worth living. In other words, what is the best way that we can make dialysis as simple as possible so that it becomes ingrained or simply part of your life, but not an obstruction in your life? So making dialysis easier at home is important, but there remains a consensus, consensus view rather, that home dialysis needs more champions. Most nephrology fellows are rarely exposed to home therapies. So if they aren't comfortable with it and don't feel their patients can handle the rigors of the therapy, they aren't likely to take any chances. And in most cases, that means that a patient who will start dialysis We'll start that. We'll start in a in-center environment, and start with a catheter. And once that patient is um, ingrained in that procedure and ingrained in the idea of coming in three times a week, it makes it more difficult for them to consider the idea of doing this at home. Yeah, it certainly would. They kind of get in the the routine of going in center, then that transition might be a little more difficult. What about the economics of home dialysis for the big providers like DeVita and Fresenius? Yeah, so under the Medicare bundled payment rate for dialysis care, dialysis providers get the same for home dialysis treatment versus in-center care. So they get paid the same amount. But with the investment they already have in bricks and mortar, there are now more than 7,500 clinics in the U.S. And the investments in dialysis machines and staff, coupled with a nephrology workforce, that sees in-center dialysis as the easiest way to place somebody on dialysis. Increasing more dialysis at home may be a hard sell. Plus, of course, you are dedicating one machine to one patient. In the in-center environment, you can treat multiple patients on one machine. And of course, you can have you know, two to three steps per day. So in that machine, that dialysis machine has a bigger return on investment than sending one machine home for one patient. I think the positive about increasing the number of patients going home is that you will likely spend less money on kidney drugs, as home patients tend to be healthier. The, that includes expensive drugs like ESAs, and we have seen in many cases that PD patients in particular, uh, the vast majority of them do not um, use anemia drugs. And as we know with the bundled payment system, those drugs are bundled into the payment itself. So, in that, so if a dialysis clinic can save money on kidney drugs, uh, that's beneficial to them. Uh, the other thing that I think is also valuable is that they see in many cases that home patients spend less time in the hospital. And in a value-based model, it generally means those fewer hospitalizations will not only benefit the patient, but of course, help with the bottom line. Yeah. Fewer medications, fewer potential hospitalizations are all positives for the patients. So what is the take-home point about the future of dialysis at home? Well, some advocates believe we could have 30% of the ESRD population dialyzed at home. And frankly, others say there really shouldn't be any limit. In its recent report on workforce issues, 
the American Society of Nephrology said fellows need to have more education on home dialysis so they can become the champions of tomorrow and support the modality. And the government, of course, wants to see it happen, as do patient groups. So there's a lot of win-wins here. And the question is, uh, when you have two large dialysis providers, such as Fresenius and DeVita, controlling close to 80%, 85% of the market, those decisions are going to somewhat rest with them. And they've both been quite aggressive in pursuing this, but you know we're at 15%. How much longer would it take to get to 20%, maybe 30%? Um, the other thing that's interesting, of course, is that, as I mentioned earlier, there are more machines coming onto the market. In fact, there's two that are in clinical trials right now just for home hemodialysis. Uh, for Stanius, just introduced a new PD machine. Um, and Baxter, of course, has uh, recently uh, spun off its renal business, its, its, um, its dialysis business. So there's potential there for more, some more technology. So the manufacturers are certainly behind expanding this area of dialysis. And I said, as I mentioned, uh, there's certainly patient groups who feel that more and more patients, once they are exposed to the idea of home dialysis, they generally are in favor of it. So it's a matter of getting the word out. Uh, those champions that we mentioned earlier are very important because those are the doctors who are going to promote it. And so you need all these moving pieces to come together. And um, maybe in the next uh, five to 10 years, we'll see some significant improvement. Yeah, and I think it's a great sign to hear that there's some innovation going on with the manufacturers, really trying to help make this more available and push these along. Uh, you know, there certainly are a lot of great benefits to performing dialysis at home. It's just that there are still some challenges in making it a reality for more patients. But it sounds like there's a lot of good work happening to move this along, uh, especially considering that the Advancing American Kidney Health Initiative calls for 80% of patients to be on either home dialysis or have a functioning transplant by 2025, which is two years away. Right. Uh, I, I think the other the important thing, Jeff, too, if I may say, is that, uh, you know, it's important that patients are presented the option, but it's also important to make sure that they are prepared for it because you are talking about a technology, you're talking about a, um, a process um, that has a high risk for infection. So you need to have patients who are in the know and who can appreciate the fact that they become their own guardian. And uh, it makes it challenging. You know, it makes it challenging for the families. It makes it challenging for their, their social environment. Um, maybe it's easier for them to get into a, uh, you know, to go to a dialysis clinic where everything's taken care of. But there's a huge segment of the dialysis uh, kidney care population that really haven't been tapped for the idea of home dialysis. These are younger patients, um, and certainly older patients can qualify as well. But I think we've got a huge segment of the population um, that could benefit from this. And I think the other side real quick to this is that as we develop better technology, better, better approaches to taking care of patients with CKD, earlier stage CKD, there's an opportunity there to educate them before they get on dialysis so that if they do end up there and don't get, you know, if they can't get a transplant and they do end up on dialysis, they're already educated on the options including home dialysis, and they have a better chance and better chance to be prepared uh, for what's involved in doing dialysis at home. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of potential, I think, for this uh, option. And um, we just need the doctors to you know, sort of step up to the plate 
and um, and become champions and um, and make it happen. I could not agree with you more. You know, patient selection is the most important part of this. You got to find the right ones that are going to be successful, and that really starts with kind of the education around the modalities, uh, making sure that they can, you know, handle everything. Um, and you know, let's hope we can find more home dialysis champions out there. Agreed. Um, well, Mark, thank you for joining us and discussing the buzz around home dialysis from the 2023 annual dialysis conference. Sounds like it was a, a great couple of days. Um, kind of bummed I missed it myself. Uh, it's always great to hear your take on what's happening out there. And of course, a big thank you to the Nephew community for joining us and listening in. I hope you all enjoyed the conversation and will help advocate for home dialysis uh, in those appropriate patients. And be sure to join us next month so Mark can keep us up to date with the latest hot topics in nephrology. Thank you.